Smartcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome to another edition of Sideline Sports with Jake, John, and myself. We're joined tonight by Jamie Roots, former president of the Houston Texans, as well as an author and a professor at the University of Houston. Welcome, Jamie. Hey, JB. Good to be with, with you. So let's start out with the uh, NFL tonight, guys. I'm going to start with you, Jamie. So being the president of a team previously, what is what are the teams doing right now in preparation for the draft? Well, you know, you're 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 finalizing all of your evaluations of the guys. You know, you, you've got that draft board you've been working on forever and looking to get it solid, so that you've got you know you have an understanding of the players, you got an understanding of the the way the coaches see them, so that uh, that can guide you through uh, through the draft process. Now, it, I know every organization is different, but do you lean more towards the coaches, the scouts, or towards the GM when you when you were making your decisions? Well, the uh, I mean, it's usually I mean, it's usually a collaborative uh, approach, and I'd I'd also throw in ownership. You know, ownership, the GM, the uh, the coaches, you know, the relevant coaches for whatever the position might be that you're evaluating and trying to mix that all together. So, cause I mean, at the end of the day, you don't want to, you, you can't have players that don't fit the the scheme and the, and the, and the ideas that the, that the coaching staff has. So it's really a collaborative process. Oh, and you know, so, when, when you're actually, Cedric. No, I was just going to say, you know, we're talking about the draft, right? And this has been a wild year plus now with COVID. And I want to ask you about what was it like? You know, you tell us about what was like a normal time, but what has it been like, or what was it like rather with COVID trying to prepare? Like, how was that different than the normal? It was, it was really surreal. I mean, the preparation, you know, because of when COVID hit, I mean, you had a lot of the hay in the barn, right. In terms of your evaluations of the players and you've been able mm-hmm. to do that in a, in a live format. But when it came to draft night, I mean, you had you had the coach at his house, uh, uh, which was weird. I would walk by to visit, make sure that things were going well. And Comcast had a bunch of trucks out there to make sure that his Wi-Fi wouldn't fail. Uh, but it was great for the fans. I mean, that really was the I mean, it, uh, the coming back of sports was the NFL draft and the engagement was remarkable. I, I um, you know, people watching all three days. Then, then came the really difficult part, which was uh, the off-season program, um, OTAs, uh, having to do so many things uh, virtual. And uh, it, but they they powered through it. And then when we got back to the facility, it was really a um, you know a Herculean task to get the building ready for the guys to be able to come together and and, and train. And with the I mean the NFL had just a, a, a really strict standards because we. You know, we, we really were committed to get the get the season done on time and really proud of the of the teams and the and the league and the leadership of Roger to 
to make sure that we could make that a reality for the fans. Now, Jamie, I want to, I want right, to, yeah. uh, I want you to take us through what it's like on draft night. So when, you, when, as the president, as a president, when you go on draft night and you meet up with everybody, what is that like? What is that chaos like going through all that? And how do you guys make the decision? Because if you want something else and the owner wants something and the GM wants something, how do you make that decision? Who makes that final say if you're all wanting something different? Yeah, well, the um, everybody does it differently. And we've had different regimes at the Texans where it's done differently. Um, you know, my focus actually on draft night is the, the, our fans, you know, who are coming and being part of this experience and getting back with us uh, once again. But, you know, you, you have that you, you just try to come to a, a conclusion that everybody can uh, can work with. But, you know, certain times a GM, you know, who's who is ultimately ultimately responsible for the personnel might have to make a call that's uh, contrary to what the, the attitude is in the room. And that happens. And you move forward and uh, and hope that hope for the best. And you never know for a couple of years, you know, you never know whether, you know, how good a draft is until a couple of years go by and you see how the players emerge. And uh, the first year, you know, the, the, the improvement that you see from year one to year two is really remarkable. Um, and then some guys fall by the wayside. And then there's also, you know, that, uh, that, that final round of, uh, you know, the undrafteds, right. And, uh, and, and that's a, a lot of, you know, the scouts do, a lot of work the GMs involved as well, but they build the relationships with players that they think can make a difference and probably won't get drafted. So um, there, there's a lot of work that goes on even after the draft. So, so in regards to a first round pick, how early do you contact them to tell them that they're, that you're going to select them? Say you have the fourth overall pick. How early do you tell them? Do you tell them a couple of days in advance? Like, Hey, we're going to select you. Or do you tell them the night of, how does, like, how does that work? Do they already, does someone already know? Yeah. I, 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 everybody does it differently, but I think you've got to, you've got to, you, you got to see how the, how the uh, picks actually fall, you know, because sometimes there are surprises and uh, um, you know, the first overall selection, of course, you can, you, you can, in fact, I think back to when we uh, uh, drafted uh, Mario Williams, uh, number one, uh, in the draft. I mean, we'd, we'd already lined everything up before the, the draft happened and then it leaks out and uh, ESPN's talking about it and, and our fans are saying Mario who and uh, when they wanted either Vince Young or Reggie Bush. So uh, anyway, it, it, everybody approaches a little differently, but uh, you, after the, the first first selection really is the only one that can be, be guaranteed. JB, I think you had another question before. So if you want to go back to that. Uh, so, you know, throughout your uh, years as being the president, what was your biggest uh, draft? Like, what is it like in the war room while the draft's going on? But uh, the war uh, and, and and to be clear, uh, the, the GM and the, and the coach and the owner are the ones who are on the, you know, on on point for the personnel. Um, but I can tell you from, you know, from an eyewitness account, I mean, it's it's you could hear a pin drop. Uh, you know, uh, there's, there's not a lot of chatter. Um, there's, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of eerie. So, uh, everybody, those are really important decisions. And so there's not a lot of distractions in the room. So we talk about players, GMs. So one of the, I would say weirder scenarios in the past few years was having your head coach also be the GM at the same time. 
What was it like having Bill O'Brien not only be your head coach, but also the GM all at once? Like, what was it like working with him as that? Well, that's a lot of responsibility uh, on one person. And uh, Jack Easterby worked closely with him uh, to to coordinate things. And, you know, the season turned out the way that it did. Um, so I guess if you can only judge by results, it probably wasn't a great idea. But, uh, you know, it, it, it could have gone differently. And if it did, we'd, we'd be uh, we'd be looking like geniuses. But uh, anyway, <laughs> you try you, you just deal with the facts in a case at the time and try to make the best decision that you can for the organization. And if it's not working, you got to move on. Yeah. So one more thing about uh, yeah. Bill O'Brien. I have to ask about that trade. When they traded DeAndre Hopkins, I've, I've got to ask. I don't know if you had any say in it. I, I tend to think you probably didn't. Just what was that situation like? Because I know you talk a lot about the fans. I know fans were not happy. So just walk us through when you guys traded DeAndre Hopkins, what was the the general feeling really? Well, when uh, I mean, if you've ever listened to Bill O'Brien or been around him, I mean, it's all about the team and he's trying to always make the best decisions for the, the good of the team. So uh, I'm not sure what the calculus was on it. I do agree with you from a fan perspective. It was not a popular yeah. decision. Um, and uh, but as you work on the business side, like I do, you just got to play the cards that are that are dealt to you. And so when that happened, we started focusing on you know, other players and reasons why the team can be successful. And, um, you know, the season didn't work out, but, you know, uh, that's the great thing about the National Football League. I mean, the NFL is like the greatest reality TV show ever. You know, it's better than Survivor and Bachelor and all this because, you know, you, uh, you you go through that that show and all everybody but one is gone and you never see them again. Well, in the NFL, there's only one team that wins the championship, but we all come back again. Uh, late July, August, and and you're, everybody's even again. Everybody's zero and zero. Then you go out and try to get a championship. And uh, unfortunately, there's only one team that wins it, so everybody else goes home uh, uh, disappointed. But uh, that's what makes it fun. It's a great reality TV show. <laughs> so now, this, this year coming up, they added the 17th game. How is that going to affect, you know, um, the front office as well as the players? What, what do you see it doing to the season? Uh, well, I, I think it's, I've, again, we talked about the fans earlier. I think it's great for the fans. I, we've always done well in preseason, but to, you know, to replace a preseason game with a regular season game is a, is a no brainer, right? I mean, cause the regular season is just so amazing. Um, you know, uh, it, it, it's gonna, it's gonna be an adjustment. You know, I don't think anybody knows exactly what to expect. You kind of play it by ear, but uh, you know, after after a season or two, I think it'll it'll just feel like the norm. I mean, the the only thing that's ever been constant in the National Football League is change. I mean, you look back a long time ago, the number of preseason games we played and the amount amount of time we spent in training camp, and and we just we've evolved. And and uh, I think the uh, you know it's 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 good for the players. It's gonna it's gonna increase the pot for us to, to be able to, uh, you know, inc- increase the salary cap. And I think it's great for the fans. And uh, anyway, and, uh, you know, people miss uh, football so much to get one more of them in uh, is, is a blessing. I, I got one last question before you, and I know John will have plenty to talk about. I know you want to talk about your book. John, I know you'll talk about that. But before we f- transition from, you know, from that to that, or from the NFL to the book, one more question about the NFL, which is, what was your proudest moment as, as president of the Texans? You were there for over two decades. So you spent a lot of your life with, with that organization. What was your personal proudest moment, whether it was something you did or the organization did, whatever it may be? 
Well, I, you know, we, we had a good base of support uh, going, uh, for, for the first few years, kind of the launching years. But the year that we went to the playoffs for the first time was really remarkable. Our fan base must have grown by 50% in, in a month. And, uh, and the, the game that we played to win it in Cincinnati, we were, had the ball deep in our own end, um, you know, a little over a minute remaining, drove down, scored at the final whistle. I mean, that was really amazing. It, it felt like kind of a crowning achievement. Now, the final crowning achievement would have been the uh, you know, winning a championship. But, but that was great. That took us to a new level. Uh, and another exciting thing, we played our first ever game. We played the Dallas Cowboys and nobody gave us a chance. It was, you know, we opened at NRG Stadium. We'd spent, you know, two and a half years building the team. And it was such a shame that it was going to have to end that night. And we wind up winning. I mean, that was, that was pretty remarkable. So there were lots of highs uh, throughout, many more highs than there were lows. Yeah, uh, I actually have one more question about yeah. the NFL. I know Jake Cities. Um, so my question is, how how is this going to work um, with with some teams not wanting to do these voluntary workouts? Some teams want to. The, it sounds like the Denver Broncos are trying to bypass the voluntary workouts. How does that affect the team whenever it comes to um, you know? the physicality of football and things like that. When you avoid these type of things that a lot of players end up doing because they like to do things as a team, how does that affect the team overall when it comes to um, preparing for the season, when you skip these voluntary workouts? Well, you know, everybody's got to make the decision that they think is in the best interest of the preparation of their team and their players. And so they wouldn't, they wouldn't choose a route if they didn't think it was the right thing to get, all the guys through the season, through the through the playoffs, you know, they're they're you just you make a call, and uh, they're relying more and more on sports science to try to make it more precise in how we're preparing players. So if somebody uh, you know decides to go a certain route, they they must must feel like that's the right way to get it done. John, I, I think you have more questions. I, I, I know you. No, got. that's that's all I got in regards to the NFL. So let's talk about your book. Yeah, you know, sure. uh, yeah, let's talk about your book. So, um, how did how did this come about? How did the like the idea of the book come about? Where did it? Yeah, start? It's called, it, the the book's called the Winning Game Plan, and it's it's out on Amazon. And in fact, on Audible, the uh, the the audio version is out now. Um, and actually, I was at a. Uh, uh, I was at, at an NFL owners meeting and one of the executives there that I'd you know known for years, he, he said, Jamie, I, you know, you guys have had good seasons and bad seasons, just like all of us. But I see the I see the business metrics. You guys are always at or near the top. How, how did that happen? And I didn't really have a good answer for him. And I'd thought about writing a book for a while. And so I was like, you know what? I really need to put this down on paper to you know codify the things that I believe that have led to consistent business success over a long period of time and been able to decouple the wins and losses from the, you know, the business performance. And so that's what it is. It's a leadership book. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, I'm at the University of Houston teaching leadership. So the principles apply broadly to any type of organization because uh, NFL business, a uh, football team business is just like any other business in, in terms of the, uh, the leadership principles that, that generate success. Is there another book potentially in the works in the future? 
No, no, I did this one. I got it out of my system, but uh, it's been, you know, it's gotten great response. So that's been really gratifying. And, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I, I'm more of a, more of a operator than I am an author or a lecturer or anything like uh, anything of that nature. And so I would imagine here at, at some point in time, I'll be back uh, operating a team. Well, you took my next question. I was going to just ask you. you know, <laughs> I was just about you know, to ask you the same thing. I think we were all, all reading each other's minds all at once because I was just about to say, Jamie, do you see yourself with another team in the future? And JB was thinking it. John, you were thinking it. And I was thinking it. So I went ahead and answered it for you. <laughs> so it, so in regards, if you do take a job and say it's you're in Houston, say it's far away, like New York or some somewhere far away from Houston, is that is that okay family-wise? How does that work with you having a family and everything? Is yeah. that difficult? Yeah, How's that process work? That, that, that would be difficult, but I mean, uh, we've got so many opportunities to do things virtually now. It's probably easier now than it would have been, you know, a year or two ago. And, uh, you know, it's not a bad thing in the near term to be able to be completely dialed into what you're doing. My daughter, uh, she, uh, uh, she graduates in about a year from high school. And so we'll be empty nesters. So we could, you know, we could probably, I mean, I could envision staging a uh, near-term uh, commute and then long-term a relocation. So um, what's your dream job with what organization Any that come to mind or if you don't want to let that out of the hat? Uh, I, I, I think it's not really the organization. The, the biggest decision I think you have to make is on ownership. You know, if you have great ownership, your life's good day after day in sports. And if you don't, you know, and I've, I've been blessed to only have two owners that I've worked for in sports, Lamar Hunt and uh, Bob McNair and the McNair family. And they're both spe spectacular owners. They, they have high expectations, but they give you the resources you need to be successful. And if you're in an environment like that, I'm not sure I really care what the logo is on the uniform. And then one other question about ownership. A lot of people are down on Jerry Jones. He gets a bad rap. But, you know, I think he's kind of done so much more for the game that he doesn't get credit for uh, with the L.A. deal and a bunch of other things. What, what's your opinion of what Jerry's done? Jerry's a game changer. I mean, he is he's a brilliant guy. He's a hard charger. Um, he doesn't accept the status quo. Uh, he's not afraid to raise issues that need to be talked about. You know, that room is a very collegial room. And uh, sometimes you need you need somebody to stir the pot, and Jerry has no problem doing that. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I think he's you know he doesn't get enough credit for um, the impact he's had. A lot of people villainize him, and being a Giant fan, you know, <laughs> not a huge fan of Jerry Jones, but the guy does amazing things, and he's taken the NFL, um, you know, and done a lot of things to to make it get better, which I'm impressed. But the LA deal, I think, was huge. Yeah, a number yeah. of his ideas have created tremendous value for all of the owners, and uh, so I, uh, you know, I think he's uh, he, he's he's a uh, he's a mover. No, definitely, um, John. Do you have any other questions? Yeah. Uh, so when you uh, when you go out and play some golf, what do you shoot uh, when you when you go eighteen holes? <laughs> well, I, I know shoot. you're a golfer. I know it. it. I've seen it, you post. I shoot between 90 and 100. Sometimes I can get into the 80s occasionally. Um, but uh, that golf, I love golf. It just doesn't love me back. 
<laughs> Same here. I, I'm not great at it, but I, I love say, it. I'm, it's I'm right it's one of the most you. relaxing things. Yeah, well, so you, always do it, you always do it at beautiful places, and you're with your friends, and uh, the weather's usually nice, so there's a lot to like about it. I got to tip my hat to John because you are asking the most important, oh, deep-hitting, yeah. hard-hitting <laughs> questions, and well, I love it. I'm I'm 30 years old, but I absolutely love golf. And I can see myself, you know, when I can't, you know, I can't do any other sport anymore, like softball or anything like that. I can see myself golfing and fishing, you know, in my retirement, nothing but golfing and fishing. That would be, that'd be the best retirement I could have. What do you shoot? John, what do you shoot? It's, it's been a long time since I went. I have two kids now. So, uh, one is, she's two and a half and the other one is five months. So, I don't get a chance to golf. I work uh, six days out of the week, so I don't get a chance to golf. But I would love an opportunity to go uh, eventually whenever I have like some sort of window when the kids maybe are asleep or something, go out for a couple hours. And <laughs> But I, it's been a long time since I got to, got to go golfing. But I, I, I want to go again because I have all my clubs and everything. I just I just got to find time to get out there. Well, you can just wait till they're I don't know what I shoot. Not sure. Wait, wait till they're teens. They won't want you around anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure I have a daughter, so she's two and a half. So I'm sure that's coming, you know, soon enough. There you go. Uh, any other questions, guys? I, I don't have anything personal. No. Awesome. All right. well, well, hey, it's been great being with you guys. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. It was just, a pleasure. Yeah. Thank have you. We really appreciate you, you being here. All right. Have a good one, Jamie. All right. Take care, guys. Thanks. All right. Have a good one. Bye-bye. I'm speechless. That was, I got to say, look, this is, any fans watching, this is a very candid moment for me. That was so cool. We've done a yeah, lot of cool things as, as a show. We've talked to some great players, but that may be one of our, my favorite things we've ever done. And this is this is me breaking my my persona, if you will, you know, being confident on the show. I'm, I'm geeking out. I love that. That was so any incredible. Golf, any golfs, you know. I love golfs, it. So that's great. I mean. <laughs> That inspires me to try and find time to go out and, you know, shoot 18 holes. It won't be pretty, but I just want to shoot 18 holes. I may have to join you on that. It won't be pretty either, but we can both suck I, together. I have a whole bag. I have a whole bag of clubs. I'm right there with to you. Go. We're going to have to have the Sidelight Sports uh, Pro-Am. I yes. agree. There's plenty of golf courses around here. There's like 10 around here. So We'll call it the SSPA. Sideline Sports Pro Am. There you go. I love it. Hey, by the way, <laughs> first golf annual golf talk. Go. I don't know. I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter. Um, the guy that used to play Happy Gilmore's caddy in the movie yes. Happy Gilmore. He he put Adam Sandler posted a tweet about how I, I guess this guy's an actual like golfer now in the on the PGA tour. So Adam Sandler really? posted a yeah, so Adam Sandler posted like a, a tweet about it, and then this guy replied, and he's like, "Mr. Gilmore, I'll be your caddy anytime you want. You just let me know." And I was like, "This is this is the content I'm here for on Twitter. Like, this is the good stuff." The replies between him and uh, you know, him and I mean, he looks so much. He looks the same, but he looks so much different now than he did in the movie, and it's crazy. Wow. It's it was real. It was really cool to see though. It brought uh, Happy Gilmore back, you know, well, childhood well. memories. Let's try to talk about golf. Did anybody watch any of the Masters this weekend? I'll be honest, I didn't. Look, color, I, I know yeah. what happened, but, but I didn't Matthew, watch. Matthew did just enough to hold off 
the win. He tried to give it up, though. He got lucky, played a, played a great three and a half rounds, and then he just tried to give it back. And luckily, he was so far ahead, it did it happen. But, you know, watching that at the end, I mean, he had to be feeling the pressure to play for me. I've always liked him. You know, I've done the draft, uh, the draft Kings golf, so I know a little bit about him. He's always a decent player. Um, but it was fun to watch him win. You know, I, I wanted to see uh, DeChambeau win. I, that's who I thought was going to win. A lot of people were in speed. You know, it wasn't meant to be. But Matsuyuma really uh, had a great weekend. I got invited get- to do a uh- – over an app, do do the masters, do a masters tournament, calling the calling the tournament. But you have to have an iPhone for it. I don't have an iPhone, so I couldn't do oh. it. But I would have. Uh, that would have been really cool to do it. I just don't have an iPhone. I'm, you know, iPhone, John, iPhone. I know I should have asked to borrow, like, if see if you have an extra. But you know, that would have been cool <laughs> to call the masters like through this app, uh, through this social media type of app. You know, as a call the masters type of tour- tournament you win a bunch of stuff if you know if the fans vote you the best and stuff so i love golf i, I don't i'm not a big watcher of it but i love playing it you know i, I think it's you know everybody should do it man like it's I'm horrible at it i'm horrible i love it my crowning my crowning moment the one time i went i was on par four and i hit it uh right on the edge of, like right on the edge of the green i guess it's a fairway it's like yeah. right outside the edge of the green. On a par four, I almost got it on the green in one shot, which yeah. was pretty That's impressive. As my my only crowning achievement. Other than that, it's terrible. I don't have any crowning achievements, which is almost a crowning achievement in and of itself, but also a huge fail at the same time. <laughs> I'm gonna date myself. You guys ever see the Honeymooners with uh, Ralph Cramden? Yes. Yes. With the guy. Even though I'm young, I've seen it. I've seen right, the I'm dating myself, but that that was you know good golf stuff, classic. But yeah, I'm pretty bad at that, the whole sport. I'd love to learn it. You would think if you could play baseball, you could play golf. You know, you, should, you think I should get into not, watching golf? That's what I should get into. I should get into watching golf, really embrace it. I should. The magic table, but was I really good. I have the to only thing, thing I grew up a Sergio Garcia fan, but I no longer have a favorite golfer. So the the only thing I could tell you about this year's Masters, the like besides who won, all I know is he was the first Asian, I think, of a born in first Asian born player to win the Masters. So good That's for him. That's awesome. That's that, awesome. That that was the only thing I could tell you besides who won. That was like the only thing I knew besides that. I admit I watched almost none of it. I know he was Japanese, and I know he was the first Asian-born player to win the Masters. Besides that, I know nothing. Well, although DraftKings doesn't sponsor us yet, I want to thank them for my interest in golf because their <laughs> weekly tournaments made me follow golf. So I actually knew who a lot of the Hi. people were. Good for you. So, we got a shout-out uh, from Debbie Katsenis. Hey, Debbie, how's it going? <laughs> Just wanted to give her a shout-out. She said hello. <laughs> so you know, we're a nice show, and we – you know, give shout oh, outs back. The Honeywater Show. Hello, Bull. So, <laughs> all, right. all right. So I think that's enough about the Masters. We got to go talk about the NFL first, just because, yes, we had Jamie on, and I know that took up a lot of talk for the NFL, but there are still things going on in the NFL because this is the league that never stops. Every other sports, it slows down. It has their off seasons. It gets ch- – no. NFL decides it's never stopping because this week, if there wasn't enough NFL news, another big thing comes out 
Julian Edelman retires. So I, I know I think, I, you already know I, my answer. To I'm the going to ask it. And I think all three of us will be on the exact same page, but it has to be asked. Is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? No. I'm going to no. start with JB. John, I'm skipping you just because I know you know your answer already. I want to hear JB first. Yeah, I'm going to say no. I don't believe so. Um, you know, he was a slot receiver that did a lot of important things, bailed Brady out many times, but does, does he look like a Hall of Famer to you? Anything that he's done in his career, say, scream out Hall of Famer, T.O. Hall of Famer. Jerry oh, yeah. 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 oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. You yeah. know, but what is what has Edelman yeah. ever done that yeah. makes you say Hall of Fame? You yeah, Dion no, Branch. Dion Branch has more yards and touchdowns in his career than Julian Edelman. There you go. Dion Branch isn't even close to a Hall of Famer. There you go. Yeah. Both Super Bowl I mean, MVPs, both multiple-time Super Bowl winners. Not even close. So you would never I, put Dion Branch in the conversation. I, I know we all agree that he's not a Hall of Famer. So we don't need to harp on it. Look, I, I I'll say this. He's not a Hall of Famer. But I will say that I think, and I think you may agree with this, he should go down as one of the greatest Patriots receivers of all time. And I'm going to tell you, yeah. I have an argument for why. I, if you don't agree with me, I have a legitimate reason why. Was he producing on the field as great as other receivers? Absolutely not. I guarantee you that – you know, guys that have played for the Patriots, maybe like Randy Moss, even though it wasn't for as long as Edelman, Randy Moss, it's just his career, obviously you could say, well, if we're just talking about guys that played for them, he's the greatest of all time. But I think the main reason that you've got to say he is, he was one of the most clutch receivers for them in the Brady deck, like the Brady era. That was, to me, that was one of the reasons that I think makes him so vital to, to the Pats organization. He helped secure two championships when you think about it. He had the, 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 the go-ahead touchdown against the Seahawks, and he had that one of the most incredible catches I've ever seen. That's coming from a Giants fan. That was, absolutely, that was a lot of luck against the Falcons. It, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It still goes down as one of the greatest catches of all time. And, again, I'm saying that as a guy, as a Giants fan, who still thinks, and I will argue to the day I die, that the Tyree helmet catch may be the greatest catch of all it time. It is. It's the greatest and, catch. And, 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 but, but you that's beat what the 17-0 Patriots. Right, but but coming from me, that's, that's what it. I mean. To say that it is one of the greatest catches of all time, I mean, I, I think that speaks a lot as a right. as a Giants fan who hates the Pats, who never wanted them to ever succeed. Right, I, I've always been vocal about that. But Edelman is one of those guys that his name will never go down in Canton, but Pats fans will never forget him because he's not only a three time champion, but he was Brady's guy. I mean, he was his go to guy for years. And I know he's not a Hall of Famer, but I still think we have to say, look, this guy was a great receiver. I, I understand he was a slot receiver, and the numbers didn't show what he did I on like the field. I like Wes Welker better, personally. Uh, I personally Wes, I personally like Welker better. Well, at least Welker Why? was on PEDs. Yeah, that's true. He never got popped for PEDs. Yeah. You know, and he didn't get cut at the end of his career, I don't believe. Mm-mm. And <laughs> – Wes Welker was once a Dolphin, and we traded him to the Patriots, I believe, for a seventh-round pick. He was also once a Jet. Yeah. Well, but he started, he started, I, I believe, with the Chargers, and then 
we picked him up. He was on a practice squad, and the Patriots traded for him for like a seventh rounder, and then he turned into, you know, old reliable for Tom Brady. It's like, dang, like look what we gave him for nothing. Yeah, it happens. Look, yeah, you don't know what a player is going to be. It happens, but look, I'm sad to see Julian Allen retire for just a little bit, just because he is a fun face. He's a fun face on the field. He brought a lot of energy. He, and even though I don't like the Patriots, he did. He was a great leader, and he brought a lot of energy to that team. That's all it was. But I appreciated that. That's all. It's not all a I'm fun face. It's a something face, but it's not a fun face. What kind of face would you call it, John? It's a punchable face. That's what it is. What? John, you're that's, promoting it's one of the, the I'm not promoting. I'm just saying that's one of those faces <laughs> that you like. NFL. That's what NFL. that's what it is. You look at it and you're like, that's a face that you know, that's a punchable face. Some people have a punchable face, some people don't. Brett Gardner. Brett Gardner has that. Brett Gardner. You watch yourself, John. Brett Gardner has a punchable face. Brett Gardner has that. You look at Brett Gardner and you're like this is your task for next week, John. I want the five (laughs) best punchable faces in sports. Bingo. I already have a list. I'll give it to you next week, though. I already have that. That list is already made up. I've created that list a long time ago. John, on a scale of one to ten, Brad Marchand, how punchable is his face? Oh, easily ten. Easily. Okay. I'm glad we agree on that. Milan Lucic, ten. Easily. I I agree. I'm going to pull this up for anybody that doesn't. Huh? Oh, he asked one to ten. Numar Garcia Para, nine. I'm sharing my screen real quick. Numar Garcia Para is like a nine. Not perfect, but he's almost there. Really? Because I gotta yeah. share my screen real quick. Yeah, you look at Garcia Par and you're like, okay, you know, I can see that. Yep, there you go. That's yeah, that's Brad Marchand. That's for anybody definitely. that doesn't know. I don't promote violence. I will never oh, condone nobody's violence. Promoting violence. We're just saying hypothetically. But this man, this hypothetically, man looks like a rat, and he's got the yeah, most punchable yep. face I have ever seen. And that's all I want to say. I'm he done. He does. He really does look like a rat. You're right. <laughs> He looks like the guy wow. in school. He looks like the guy like <laughs> that you work with or in school that you know you say something to your buddy and wow. then this guy overhears it and he goes and tells the teacher and goes and tells the boss and you get in trouble. Right? That's what he looks like. Wow. Look yep. uh, again. I'm not condoning violence, no, but I just had all. to say because you want to talk about a punchable face. That was it. That's, that's a good point. That's my that's go-to. That, anyway, he he I, makes the whole the hall of fame of punchable faces. <laughs> he would go in there. He's number one, first ballot. He'd be in the Hall of Fame. Unanimous. Yeah. John, John, that's your new segment every week. You want to make the punchable face list. <laughs> Just one every week, though. Just bring up one, one. and tell us why. I can do one, that. Because c- we'll run out of people eventually. We gotta oh, I, I don't run list. out of people. I have a long list of people that, that have <laughs> burned me in sports. Number long two list. on that list, if I'm making that list, Sidney Crosby. Number really? two. I cannot stand that man, and everything about him screams, I want to punch you. I'm a you Rangers fan, so that's, that's partially biased, but also I can't stand him, and he is such a crybaby that he makes me want to punch him. Does LeBron have a punchable face, then? No, no. No. See, that's the thing. Not all players that you dislike, just because you dislike it, them doesn't mean it, they not, do 
Alex not Ovechkin every player, doesn't have a punchable face. He doesn't. Not every player that's a crybaby or I don't like has a punchable face. I'm just saying, on top of already having a punchable face, Sidney Crosby <laughs> has those qualities that really put, makes me want to punch him. That's sometimes all. when I would you just never, look at him like and to. you just know. it's You don't decide. You just know. You know what I mean? It's like it's like whenever you look, you find your soulmate and you fall in love, you just know when you see that punchable <laughs> face, you just know. It's you'll know when you see it. That may be quarter of the year, gentlemen. Would I've you never know? looked at someone that I said, wow, they have a punchable face. <laughs> and, and now you will. You know, now you will. And, and and I like punching people in the face. I think it's a fun pastime. <laughs> no, I really don't. <laughs> I really don't. This this oh, may be gosh. one of the best segments we've ever had. John starts off by saying, "It's like when you meet your soulmate. You just know. It's just it's the same thing. You just know they got a punchable face. You know you want to punch them." And JB's over here promoting violence, saying, "Hey, I love punching people in the face." He's gonna go back and he's gonna look at Johnny Damon, and Johnny Damon could end up being on JB's list. I'm that's that's a dark horse right there for JB's that's a good list. One. Johnny Damon. He's going to go back All and look right. at what Johnny Damon did to the Yankees. Wow. If you remember, you guys were up 3 nothing. You blew uh, the blew that lead, and you, you know, they end up coming back. First time ever in MLB history. All right. you know, Johnny All Damon right. was a big part I of that. I got one for you. I got one. I thought about this long and hard. There you go. Last one. All right. Last Kurt one. Schilling. Kurt Schilling, yes. You know what? That's a good one. It's not That's like a, a 10, one. but I would say well, I would give him like a, a 7. 13. Really? You would give him a 13. I give him a thirteen. Now, see, I, I wouldn't have given him that during his playing days, but now that he's kind of wacky in his old age, I would say you could boost that up, you know, to a higher than a seven. That's fair. I, Look, I, I have a whole a system. Seven and a half. I have I a whole system on how this works. So this well, has been a thing in in my friend circle for years. We'll, we'll talk about this more next week. There's a lot more to get to. This is great. NFL, this is my favorite NFL thing stuff. Ever. There's a lot to get to. John, I, punchable faces are fun to talk about, but we can't talk about this it for the whole episode. This show went completely uh, off the rails. It started great. It's it, it, it was great with the interview. Now we've just completely lost it. Uh, anyway, we, 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 gotta, we kept we our composure for so long. We could only hold it for so long. <laughs> we got to move on and talk about a team that has really impressed me this offseason. Arizona Cardinals, baby. They're signing James Conner. Now, I know we have our opinions about it, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But before we get there. I think he just uh, he just got hurt. Probably just rolled his ankle, according to <laughs> this wow. report I got. All I'm going to say is I applaud the Arizona Cardinals for going out and trying to build a better team. I'm not saying that all their, their, their signings have been perfect. I'm not going to say that because I actually have an opinion about James Conner and that signing. However, I have to say I really respect what they've done because they've made some great moves, and they've worked really hard. I mean, they're bulking up the defense. They're now bulking up the offense. I I, I have a lot of respect for them. However, I don't like this signing, and I know you don't either, John. John, I want to start with you this time, though. Tell me why you don't like it. I'll get to me last. Why don't you like it, John? I just, I mean, I guess it's not terrible if he's going to be your backup and he's going to like 25% of the touches out of the backfield, maybe 40%, but I wouldn't give him any more than that. Um, he, to me, he's not a guy that you can rely on. I mean, we saw in Pittsburgh once Bell left, when Bell was there and then Bell sat out, 
Connor filled in nicely for a year, but he still got hurt. But when he became the guy, when Bell left, he was always hurt. He was always hurt in the middle of games. Uh, he didn't he didn't run the ball consistently well. Uh, some games it was like it was terrible. Some games it was all right. So I mean, I guess it's all right for being the backup if he's going to be that. But what's he going to be? Do they like Chase Edmonds enough to start Chase Edmonds? Is it going to be split? I can't imagine James Conner just takes it from Edmonds when they love Edmonds. So I guess it depends on what they do, like how it goes. I mean, it's a low-risk signing. So you're opposed to signing another NFL-quality running back to both See, that's roster? the thing. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure he's quality because he, he, did nice, he did a nice job filling in for one year when Bell sat out. But then so when he actually took the, but when he took the full-time job, he, he wasn't very good. <laughs> That's the thing. He wasn't very good. But and that's again, my concern is he's, he's an average running backup, back. Which is a quality backup in the NFL. You don't have 60 stars to play a running back. Well, that's what I'm saying. If he's a starter, if they sign him to be a starter, I don't like it. I but if he's, he's a backup, starter. it's not terrible. I don't think he was signed to be a starter, you know, but I think that as a backup, it never hurts to have quality depth. Yeah. A guy that, I mean, he could yeah. start on a, on a low tier team. Yeah, you know, I guess, so, yeah. So that's not bad to have somebody that can start somewhere else as your backup, especially if they're willing to take that role. And that's going to make your starter when you go into camp work that much harder. So that's a good thing. I mean, would I sit there and say, okay, Sonic is going to get you to the Super Bowl? No, but it's a good move. You want to have depth at that position. So my only issue is is this, and I don't know if if this is true, but I don't know that James, uh, James Conner, Chase Edmonds – is really enough to be the star. I, I he always felt like to me when I watched the Cardinals that change of pace, but he's not your starter. And so my big issue is James Conner is probably coming in expected to be the starter. And I think a compliment uh, having having Chase Edmonds as a compliment is great. He's awesome at that. And even if you do a 50-50 split, he's still a compliment, if you will, to, to whoever the starting back is. And he's great at that. He's good at changing pace. But I don't know that he's a starter. And we just said James Conner's not a starter. So, so while, like JB said, it's probably going to be like a, some sort of like he's the backup, they split, you know, like it, yeah, but it hurt for fantasy purposes. I mean, if you look at that backfield, it's going to hurt. Who, who do you name the starter at that point? Because I don't trust – Either one too much as a starter on my team. So who's who's the starter and who's the backup? And that's, you know what? I can't worry about fantasy purposes when I'm running an NFL team. I worry about winning games. And well, I'm just saying, looking at it from all angles, looking at it from a fantasy football perspective, that's going to suck because a lot of people like Chase Edmonds, I'm sure, without Kenyon Drake. <clears> and now that kind of kills his value. Because it's going to be – it doesn't really matter, I guess, who starts because they're probably just going to, like, rotate him. And yeah. it's not going to be where one consistently – there's not going to be a bell cow. It's going to be they just rotate them a hot hand, things like that. There's very, think, very few teams that have that nowadays. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, with those, but they, neither of those guys are, like, reliable. You know what I mean? They're both like Jake said. They're both guys that's, that were backups and about. change of pace guys. Yeah, but what, you know, also you have to remember they have Tyler Murray, which – is also like having a running back, yeah, as a quarterback. So you could do a lot more with that yeah. type of offense. So it's, I think it's a good move. I mean, is it 
the move that's going to get them over the hump? No, but it's a good no. move. What I will say is this. The amount that they signed him for and the length of the contract, they have got incredible value. That was what I will applaud them. They signed him a one-year deal, fully guaranteed, only 1.25 mil on the contract, including a $500,000 signing bonus. So they got him for just a hair over a million dollars, and he's a good back. He's just not a great starter. But you make him with as a one-two punch, he'll be fantastic. Yeah, for a million dollars, I mean. Right, but he'll be fantastic as a one-two guy as opposed to being the one guy. If he's splitting like we anticipate, I think it's fantastic value because you get a bruiser in Connor, even though, yes, he gets hurt, that's his build. That's what he is known to be as a back, right? He's your big physical back. And then you got a guy like Chase Edmonds, who's a fantastic pass catching down and change of pace back. You got really great value with James Conner. So while I don't love it because I'm a little worried about they don't really have a starter, so that gives me a little bit of pause and concern, I do applaud them for the the money that they're giving him. The, the, the contract itself, I mean – that's like, you know, perfect. My, you couldn't ask for a better contract. I my think. worry is, my worry is they don't, like if we're talking Cardinals, you don't really have a guy that, you don't really have a guy that if you want to drive where you're going to run the ball seven times and pass it only three, you really don't have that guy. Right. And that's hard because sometimes you want that in a drive because you don't always want to be passing. You saw what happened with Murray. You don't want to become Murray. predictable. Yeah, he gets banged up. He's smaller. You know, he gets hit a lot. Um, so you want a guy that you want guys in the backfield that can kind of take the load off. And they don't really have that in either guy that you could just ride for a whole drive or Absolutely. ride for most of a drive. So that's mm-hmm. my concern out of that backfield is you don't really have that bell cow type of guy. I completely agree. Can we get back to the punchable face for a second, though? Hold Eli on. But, yeah, please. I knew that was coming. Eli and the problem is you're right. Punchable face talk. Like I said, we're not promoting violence. It's just hypothetical fun. Give me your next punchable face. I'm all for Eli it. Unless... No, I, I wouldn't give Eli Man- I mean, that's really? a, like a, it's like a dopey face. I got a picture. Face? No, no, John. Just hold on. I have a picture that, that was specifically, okay. specifically looked for because of when, when JB brought this up, this is what I was thinking. This picture. Which one? I'm Which sorry. One? On the right. On the right. Out on the Here, right. The Eli right. Manning face. See, yes, now I. I'm sorry. Go see, look I at, can't, oh, I can't say yes to that only because right. I feel terrible. I would feel terrible almost. For that, because I'm like, oh man, like now I feel John, guilty. Like that's like this. punching John. That's like punching the kid. The you know that's like punching like the nerdy kid in class in the face, and John, then you know John, you feel guilty about it. I'm I'm a Giants fan. Clay Matthews. Okay? No, I can't I, go. I can't agree with I, Clay Matthews. I love Eli Manning. He is one of my favorite players of all time as a Giants fan in my life. This face on the right, right here. I'm sorry, it does not. Brad Marchand is one of the only people that's more punchable than that face. The only reason I can't agree is because, like I said, that's the kid in band class that comes out of band class, and you're like, you don't want to punch that kid. Like, bad punching that kid. You don't want to do that. 
in school, who got punched the most usually? No, as sad as it is. The band kid. I would feel guilty. I'd be like, oh, man, now I punched a kid but with glasses. always be up on the band kid. That's, okay. If that's what you're saying. But I would feel bad about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't mean, okay. Now I look at Brad Marchand and I'm like, in yeah, my hypothetical I, scenario, you give him a punchable face, I wouldn't feel bad about that. John, I'd feel bad about punching anybody. I don't condone violence. I'd feel bad about punching well, nobody's anybody. condoning it. This is just I, so I, hypothetical. I think I can count on my hands how many people I've punched in the face. I, I don't really condone it, but I got to no, say, Elon Manning, as a giant fan, has a punchable face. You're right. You know, and I love you. Right. Well, let's get, let's get over that topic. <laughs> anyway, anyway, back Off to the rails. Back to the Cardinals. John, you brought up fantasy value, and I had to bring yeah. this up. This was one of my favorite tweets all day that I saw about the Cardinals. A lot of the tweets were, you know, hey, here's what's going on, the news. Matthew Barry, one of my favorite people to watch for fantasy. I love what they do at ESPN. I love him, Field Yates. I think their show is great. I've always yeah, appreciated it. They're fun to watch. They're, yeah. I appreciate them. Yep. Matthew Barry is one of my favorite people in fantasy. His tweet summed up every fantasy owner and how they felt. Chase Edmonds, fantasy RB1. That was the first sentence. March 21 to April 2021, period, RIP. Perfectly I knew sums where up. that was gone. Perfectly sums up, though, exactly what you talked about for fantasy value. I'm sorry. For Chase Edmonds and anybody that had high hopes, because I had high hopes. He's a great the, running back in terms crappy, of fantasy value. And the crappy thing is, this hurts because there's not that much out there for running back. Oh, we saw that last year. It's, it's going to be as much of the dry. same. It's going to be much of the same this year. And now you take away the Cardinals' backfield and take away Chase Edmonds because Kenyon Drake was a guy that was high on the last actually, list last year. John, you take away two guys because not only you take away James Chase Connor. Edmonds, right? Even though we don't love James Conner, so, fantasy value, it's it's still a, a, so, a high end guy. So then I guess I got to ask, what do the Steelers do? This do the Steelers go out and get a, a running back to replace James Conner? Do they get a Najee Harris and Travis Etienne, uh, a guy like that? I don't even know who's available anymore. That's the problem. There's not. In terms of running backs, there's in not the a lot. In the draft, no, they might have to. But I'm just saying, because like, if in you terms get a Travis Etienne or you get a Najee Harris, that's a pretty good. That adds another running back to the fold in the in fantasy football that could be viable. Because the Steelers' offense, when you add any player, there's a chance for them to become viable because they typically have good offenses throughout the years in Pittsburgh. That fantasy wise, they typically give you good opportunities at fantasy. So. If a, if a running back like that lands there, that puts another running back on the fantasy boards. But you're right. Right now, it's bone dry. It's worse than it was I mean, last year. I, I, look at who's available. They got Kalen Balazs, So Yuck. Ew. No. So here's what I'll say. Nice, terrible. I saw, I saw what he did in L.A. last year. He's good, but not as a starter. When he was a starter, he was good, but he wasn't the only guy. So he is a good – first half of, of having a potential shared backfield, but they need someone else. And the problem is there's nobody. I mean, Todd Gurley, I mean, and I say it like that because as Todd Gurley was three years ago, you'd be crazy not to pick him up. 
Now he's got knees, you know, like an old man. I mean, he's got knees yeah, probably he's worse. He's got <laughs> knees probably worse than my, you know, 70 plus year old grandmother. They're terrible. His, his career is gone. So you can't, but so you can't get a guy like him, even if you want him, and you're left with not a lot. I mean, I, I look at the list. The big names are Adrian Peterson, Frank Gore, Lashawn McCoy, all old, absolutely not. Le'Veon Bell, again, old, no way, you crazy. You're wasting your he money. Back to Pittsburgh. I mean, he. But but he's not good anymore. So my point is, my point is, we don't is, know that. That's the thing. Yeah, we, we don't know, know that. He didn't yeah, play in Kansas City. He didn't really play in Kansas City. The game plan he wasn't around in New York. him. I know yeah, New York but, is hard to judge, but at the same time, yeah, that's hard to judge. That yeah, situation. but he's he's not what he used to be. So the point is, you look down the list and there's nothing. If so Pittsburgh, you, why not take a chance on him again? I don't think so. But what my, else my is it? Well, that's what I was going to say. I think a guy like Najee Harris is a great pick. I, I think it's almost their only option if they want to have a run game. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I they still have to fix that offensive right. line. They said to fix yeah. the line, but Look, a running back if, would be perfect. If anybody from the Pittsburgh Steelers organization is listening, here's my advice. Start rebuilding. I don't want to hear, oh, but we had a great season last year, or you know, a great regular season. I don't want to hear it. Your defense is fine, but your offense oh, yeah. is garbage. It's hot garbage. It's 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 not It's not good. Is this the year they draft somebody uh, to replace Ben Roethlisberger? Not play. I don't think so. But eventually, I don't think so. The problem is, I don't think they will because they're so stubborn. I wish they would, but I don't think they will because they're so stubborn. That's my worry. They're very methodical. They're like they are. Yeah, those are the two teams that do everything very slow, not high risk taking. You know, and they do everything by the book. You know, and they've had a lot of success, so you can't really, yep. you know, I know. fault them. But yeah, it's time, time to rebuild. Yeah. So I, I hope that this is the year that they start to rebuild. I'd love that for them because they have a great defense. That if they just get a serviceable quarterback, a guy that can be, I don't want to say just a game manager because you need a little more than that nowadays, but a little bit above that, you know, just. Don't don't lose the game for us. Play decent. The defense can carry us as, the, as long as they're healthy. It's just Big Ben can't be that anymore. He's just not. He's not what he used to be. So you can't what do that. Noodle arm. What? Old noodle arm. I see. I need a T-shirt. I need <laughs> merchandise. A noodle arm merchandise that we can sell. Like you know, looks like a like a quarterback. It's like no, why haven't you Freeze or Ben Roethlisberger? Huh? Why haven't you trademarked Noodle Arm yet, Joe? I haven't gotten around to it. It's like it's like golfing. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. I'll get there. Yeah, when, potentially million dollar business. Uh, that's a that's a great quote. I have many great quotes like, on this show. That like the you could sell. The yes. <laughs> first ballot, just like the first ballot uh, choke artist, Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones. They're both in there. First ballot Hall of Famers. Wow. For being choke artists. John, I gotta say, I found some funny stuff on it on the internet because, of course, while we're doing the show, I'm, I gotta start looking at these things for you. So, I'm gonna share my screen again. There is not a big Ben noodle arm, but I think we may have found someone. Whoever made this picture 
We need to contact them. Oh my god. Peyton oh my Manning gosh, that's Manning. fantastic. Whoever wow. made this, unbelievable. And I think we need to make one, but just take it and make it Big Ben. I, I love this. Wow. Make they a got shirt. little meatballs in there. I mean, come on. I, I like I love that. Like little meatballs. Meatballs that look like meatballs, folks. Meatballs that look like meatballs. I love yeah, it. Now, I'm curious what all the other noodles are because he only has one arm that's a noodle. So why is there more noodles? And what is with the meatballs? I don't really get the rest of the spaghetti on the okay. ground. doesn't really spaghetti make sense. Spaghetti is a noodle. Right. But why does spaghetti Peyton Manning have uh, John, a plate full of spaghetti one. at his feet? Hold on. He doesn't have John. multiple oh. arms at his feet. John, what? I got another good one for you. Hold on. Beautiful. <laughs> Masterpiece. I think the other one was better, though. I, I like I the other one better. I love them both, though. I think this is John. You have thrown me down a rabbit hole, and I am now just searching on the internet under noodle arm football. So thank that you for this. Sounds like that sounds just like a great show, noodle arm football. Sounds like a great I, name. I'm enjoying this just so much. This has been a, at, this has been a great show. We talked to Jamie Roots. We had a uh, we came up with a punchable, punchable face, face segment. segment where I have an assignment every week. And now we have a noodle arm, you know, thing going on where I just put you down a rabbit hole of noodle arm football. I love it. It's right. just been everything. We, we do have to move along. JB. I like, I love how you're keeping everything in line today, Jake. And I'm just, I'm, so, I'm trying so yeah. hard. He's I, just, I'm, telling you, I, I'm on John's side today, which I'm never, but tonight I'm with John. So I'm making it really hard on you, Jake. <laughs> Look, I'm enjoying it as much as you, but I just know there's so much to cover that I'm like, all right, we can talk about this, but we also have to move on eventually. So, JB, NBA, what you got? Oh, Jamal Murray. Oh, so, oh. got to start with that. Uh, that was. You guys, what, what does that do to Denver? I mean, really? That makes me they sad, are man. Dumb. I'm that sorry, makes but they're me sad. Dumb. He's a fun player to watch. Yeah, he's a great young player, you know, fun to watch, different team that's doing decent, and, you know, that's going to hurt them. Who knows how he's going to recover for, you know, next year when, when he comes back. I mean, it's not the same as it was back in the day. You guys are young, but Bernard King, when he hurt his knee, you know, never, never was the player he was before. Now guys come back and they're fine. You know, It's so. still hard. It's, it's a grueling process yeah. to come back from, and – and, oh, yeah. and he's like you, like you say, he's, he's a good young player that's on a different team. It's not the Lakers or Nets, and they have a chance to do something when he was, you know, healthy. And that's a shame. It, it's a real shame, and it hurts the league a lot. And I feel bad yeah. for the Nuggets. I mean, they're on the fourth seed of the West. They were what uh, four games out of. Well, you four. could just count them off now. Whoever plays them, yeah. easy win yeah. now. I don't yeah. know about easy wins. That's but... your best player. You you lose your best player. You're just not doing anything. Uh, Hold on. I don't know Excuse me. Best player. I think Jokic's their best player. I was like, did you forget about Joker? I would I mean, say Murray. Oh, boy. I, I, I mean, Murray, I Murray's Murray. a great player, but yeah. no. no. Murray, to enough. me, is a heart and soul. That's different. Uh, well, that's your best player when he's your heart and no, soul. No, that's not true. The heart and soul well, so, can be the – Derek Jeter, heart and soul of the Yankees. Was he the best player? Yes. Yes. Not all the time, no. Not every year. 
He no, was the reason general, that they survived in the playoffs all those years. Clutch generally after clutch, speaking, he was the best against player. the Diamondbacks. I think a better example would be heart and soul of the Giants for a long time, Eli Manning. Was he the best player? No, absolutely not. There were plenty of seasons he wasn't. Football is a heart. I, I know football is different, but I'm just saying. Heart, soul, and no brain. Wow. wow. That was mean. Two Super Bowls. Oh, beat well, an undefeated you, team. How many, you how, can't, many teams, how many guys beat undefeated teams in, in the Super Bowl? Look, it doesn't mean the guy is uh, very bright. How many guys beat him? Okay, stop. Even better one. How many people beat Tom Brady in just his 10 Super Bowls? <laughs> Nick Foles did. Right. How many times did he do it? One out of one. Okay. And how many times did Eli do it? Twice. And how many other losses does uh, Thomas Brady have? He has three. He only has three, right? Yeah, three. Yep. Right. Foles and Manning twice. So what division? The NFC least is the only division that can beat him. I don't get it. I don't get it. Maybe Brady is fat. Hold on. Maybe Brady has cracked the code. Because if he went to the NFC, he can't lose to the NFC East anymore in the Super Bowl. So now he can never lose another Super Bowl. If he gets yeah. to one, he'll never lose again. Because exactly there's, no, there's no NFC East in the Super Bowl <laughs> that he could play. He's cracked the code. The you only kryptonite he has. He, he cracked the code. If you think about it, as bad as the Giants won this year, you know, he came to the Meadowlands, and he had a tough time. Got that life. Who did he lose to? Game. Who did he lose to that started for Chicago Bears this year, with the four down thing? Nick Foles. That, that was a regular season game. That's yeah, a regular season game. It's weird how game. these NFC East. Who did he have trouble against in the first round? Washington NFC East team. Taylor Heineke. He did better against the Saints than he did against. They did against these <laughs> Poor Jake. Jake's like, why? And it's the East curse that, that he has on him. It's the only this kryptonite he has. Dumbest things I think I've ever heard. I've been thinking about this for years. It's the only, it's his only weakness. That is ACL. That is so false. That is why? That is so his false. ACL. His only weakness. Yeah. I'm not even entertaining this. We're just, we're going to go back to basketball. Back to basketball. GB, back to you with basketball. All right, so let's go, to the, let's go to the Western Conference. So in the West, we got Utah, who's up on Phoenix, one and two. Got the Clippers in third. Denver, who we're going to say is not going to get the, up to one of the top seeds. And then the they're, Lakers they're, in fifth. Lakers are uh, going to get a bye in week one, in the first round against the Week United. one? <laughs> It's not They're going to get a bye. The Lakers are going to get lucky and just walk so, through the first round against the Nuggets. So wait. So out of those four teams, because any of the four could possibly get the one seed, I don't foresee the Lakers doing it. They're kind of far back, and they've had a lot of injury problems. Uh, Davis is finally cleared to return, I think, in a couple of weeks. Who do we think is going to get the one seed? Utah, Phoenix, or the Clippers? I'm sticking with Utah. I'm going to go That's Phoenix, simple. man. Phoenix has just been – My God, dude. I must not be feeling well. I'm going to agree with friggin' John again. Wow. I don't know what it is, man, but they're just – it's like – I don't like oh, this. This is bad. 
All right, guys, that's been our show for today. <laughs> Phoenix is scorching like the Phoenix is scorching like the sun, man. They are just on fire. I listen, they were eight no in the bubble, and I said that last year. If they can just continue to do what they were doing, they're gonna be a tough out. You know, I don't think they win the championship this year, but next year if they stay on this road, they they can make the finals. I have my opinion on who's gonna win the championship, but you know. If you're going to say the Heat, like you, already know, you already know my opinion. If you want well, to listen well, to it, I can give you it. No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, John, I have heard so much <laughs> just nonsense out of your mouth today. Look, I, and, and most of it, I admit, I've loved the, the punchable face thing. Hilarious. I loved it. I do not want to hear what happens when for 20 minutes I have to stay, had to stay normal for 20 minutes in a great interview with Jamie roots. This is what happens. Can't keep it all bottled up inside. And now it's just, it's out of control. Even worse than normal. I I wish we could. Listen, you know, we, we did go off the rails, but it's been a fun show so far. Um, We've done, we've done worse when we were serious. So, but, yeah, I like Phoenix. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to win the championship this year. To me, them and the Knicks, as I said in the carousel chat earlier today, them and the Knicks are the stories of the year. You know, the Knicks are playing better than anyone expected them to play. You know, and um, if you say they're not going to win the championship, who at least wins the West? Because um, I, I don't believe in the Clippers because they always find a way to choke. So who wins the West? I think the Lakers find a way to do it again once they're healthy. I think that's the problem. You got to beat them. It's when you're the best, you got to get beaten. And LeBron well, doesn't like to lose. Yeah. Right. I don't see Utah doing it. Utah finds a way to choke. So get rid of Utah to that list. The Clippers, another team that always likes to yeah. choke. So that that leaves us with who? Phoenix. Phoenix. They're they're young. I don't see them doing it this I, year. I agree. This, this experience will get them next year where they'll have a chance. And the Lakers will get healthy. The Lakers will get healthy by playing the Nuggets, and then by the time, by the time a real team plays them in the second round, they'll be healthy. They'll be gelling a little bit more, and then, you know, be too late. This yeah, I mean, that, whole situation. Had a shot. If, if yep. Murray stayed healthy, they were the team that could have done it. Yep, I agree. This situation reminds me of when Brady and Mahomes faced off for the first time in the championship round. That's what this reminds me of. Yep. Right? Mo Holmes is the Suns, young, inexperienced, hasn't gotten his feet wet really with the playoffs and playing against the big dogs in a guy like LeBron, which is Tom Brady in this instance. Same thing. Think that's what we're going to see. I think I, I'd have to agree with what you both said. I think the Suns will probably make it. LeBron just being LeBron is going to beat them, whether AD's healthy or not, which obviously we assume he will be, but you never know what happens in the playoffs. But I'm, my, the point really is LeBron, with the experience that he has, that team, I think they would take that series. If you give me that matchup in three years' time or two years' time, I'm taking the Suns. I, I'd have to I, say I in, in, in that time, in that time frame. Yeah, I agree completely with that. So and it's a shame because the West, I mean, the Trailblazers are still, you know, they're a Dame, but they always, they, I mean, they always have one exciting round. They're like, man, Dame time. And then this, they get to the second round. It's like, all right, they fizzle out. It's not the, yeah. You know, they fizzle out. Yeah. 
you get one damn time great round and then he can't do it all himself and no and like i said fizzle out and they've tried different pieces and it just hasn't worked yeah you know if i was portland i would just get rid of him and start over yeah, you're, you know, I mean, I, he's been great for you, but you're you're right. You're wasting his prime. You're really not doing anything to help him, you know, yep. put pieces around him. I agree. I agree. I mean, you know, they try different I feel ways. Bad. You know, it's, it's just it's a horrible thing. Who do you think wins so, the East, John? Anybody from Miami? You could say. Anyway, it's hard because there's so many different teams that. All right. If. If the Nets are healthy, do you think anybody can beat them? In all honesty. Yeah, I think so. I think the Sixers have an opportunity. Um, the Celtics really? always Celtics always have an opportunity because the Celtics always have talent and coaching um, to help them out. They, they always there's always something about the Celtics that gives them a puncher's chance. So you have to count the Celtics anytime they're in the playoffs. Um, you always got to count them with it with a chance. Um, I mean, there's a couple teams. Realistically, uh, if you count Miami, like I said, the Celtics and the Sixers, probably those three have a realistic chance All right. to beat the yeah. Nets. I'm I wouldn't say anybody week. else. I'm gonna I'm giving you another homework assignment. This is number two for the week. <laughs> but for next week, I want to know how many losses the Nets are going to have in the playoffs. Because I'm telling you, they're winning the championship right now. Brooklyn's going to have a parade down Atlantic Avenue. That's going to happen. So I want to know how many losses they're going to they have just, in the playoffs. They don't play defense, man. Uh, well, listen, that's fine. I'm, I'm asking you the question. I want you to come back with an answer. How many losses they're going to have in the playoffs? So, uh, all right, I'll give you it next week. I already have it, but. That's next week. We're, next we gotta, week. we're going to have some topics next week. we got the punchable face, Hall of Fame, and we got the <laughs> next losses. Because they're your champions. LeBron is KD, Kyrie, and Harden. It's not happening. I agree with JB. Not with Glass Joe playing uh, power forward. I don't trust the Sixers in the playoffs. The Heat are good, but I just don't know that they're going to be able to last. I'm afraid we're going to see what we saw last season, which was they they lose steam as it gets farther in to the playoffs, and more importantly, they're going to have to play a juggernaut. They're going to have to knock out some big teams. To get to the finals, and it's going to wear Milwaukee. them down. We forgot about Milwaukee. Right. Well, that's that's what I was just about to say. The problem Anytime is, anytime you have Giannis, if, you you have a chance. If the Heat want to the win, last year they're horrible. Yeah, but anytime they're you have Giannis, you have a chance. If you can stop Giannis from driving, if you can stop Giannis from driving, he's done. Well, You're I'm right. not gonna I'm not gonna downgrade Giannis as a player. I mean, that's just it's not fair to him. It's not downgrading him. That's the weakness of this game. Every player has a weakness in the game. Kyrie can't play defense. Anthony Davis gets hurt if you look at him. Every player has a weakness. <laughs> I have to find it. So he's James. You know? He's related to James Conner. You know, so everybody <laughs> has different weaknesses. Giannis cannot shoot from the outside. If he worked on his outside shot all offseason, and I'm sure he does. I'm not saying it doesn't work. I know what you mean. He needs to improve on that because once he does that, he'll be a complete player. Probably one of the probably the best in the game at that point if he does. You just don't have great pieces around him. They have good pieces, but they don't have great pieces around him. It's it's a one man band right now. That's yeah. really what it's, like, it's, I mean, that's it's really what it fizzled down to. They're the Portland Trailblazers of the East. I, I don't know so about it, that either. Dame Dame has to do everything and Giannis has to do everything. And it's always like 
one exciting round and then second round comes and bye bye. That's the that's the mark of both teams. Okay, so let's uh, any uh, anything else going on in the NBA that you guys can think of? I mean, uh, really? nope. Uh, only one more thing, which is A Rod's buying the Timberwolves. I mean, there's not uh, much to talk about there, but I it's hate just, A-Rod. It, no, there's not much. Look, there's not there's not much to talk about with it. It's just that's like hey, a curse word. It's happening. And he's also Why? the links come with that. He gets WNBA team too. So don't forget about the WNBA. I, I, I mean, sure. I know the team's been terrible for forever, but like, I just don't understand why. Like, what makes you want to go buy an NBA team? Like, as if you're a Rod, like, aren't you doing like Sunday night baseball or something like that? Aren't you my, on like ESPN? My like, with this a Rod has no ties to basketball. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't it makes get it. zero sense, and I do not foresee him being a good owner. Right, but I, but you have to be able to make decisions, you know, for no, the best team. To, you just have to hire the right people. An owner, okay. There's very few owners that are he's right. George Steinbrenner or Jerry Jones type owners. Most owners you don't even know about. You still have to know what you're talking about. You still have to you know hire, the game. You hire a guy like JB, then you hire. A really good GM, and then you sit back and you collect your money. That's what you do, and they handle everything else for you. That's the joy of being a billionaire or a multimillionaire when you buy a team. Now, you you can be like Jerry Jones that wants to have fun and thinks it's monopoly. Do you think, Gary, do you think A-Rod's going to sit back? No. I don't think so because he's all about no attention. Idea. He's all about the spotlight, all about look at me. And I think that he'll do that. I think that he'll try and make it about himself somehow. Because he always does with everything. I do wonder why Minnesota had old teams. You know, if you want to buy, I mean. Maybe that was the cheapest. Maybe maybe. that was the easiest buy. Maybe. Like, maybe maybe they were. Back to Seattle. Well, I know the. He does have his ties to Seattle. From what I heard. If the guy. If the owner. From what I heard, if the owner were to sell the team to A Rod and the other gentlemen, um, they weren't they weren't able to move relocate the team. So, oh, well, there you go. from what I no, heard, they're they staying, that, there goes down that idea. They were staying in Minnesota. Things can be broken all the time. I was just so excited money. by it. I mean, I missed the Supersonics. I was just gonna. Oh say, yeah, me too. Let me pull up their jerseys because this is why oh, they were the jerseys were the before the battle. They were so pretty. Peyton, Sean Whalers. You want to talk about teams that have the best jerseys that uh, don't exist anymore? The Harper Whalers. We just I had agree. a Whalers night. My Canes just had a Whalers night a couple of nights ago. Yeah. I got a I got a better one for you. Hold on. First, let me show this, but then I got a better one for you. The Dolphins old school jerseys are insanely great. I got my I have a throwback jersey that I have two that are my total favorites in hockey. But first of all, I mean, look at this logo. This one's these two specifically. Ninety-four oh, oh one, so yep. pretty. So I mean, look at this. I, I, it doesn't matter who's wearing it, but just look at the jersey. It's so. I think he just got hurt. Jersey. I mean, this got hurt. Awesome. Oh, that is but a great jersey. You want to talk about the best jerseys? Like throwback, old school. I will. I will. Stand on a hill and die for this jersey and say it is the best, in my opinion, of any sport. It is the Quebec, the oh, Quebec you, wow, Nordiques. 
Nice choice. Quebec Nordiques, if you do not know this jersey, it is so pretty, nice, in my opinion. Nice choice. I, look at this. Look at that. I mean. It's a nice jersey. I don't even know who the player is that's wearing it, I'll be honest with you. Uh, is that Joe Saki? It could be. I, I don't like know. Perfect. It very well could. Be. I mean, look at these jerseys. They're so, the logo is gorgeous. Because and, yeah, it's gorgeous. The only other jersey, in my opinion, that's even like remotely good, it would be probably the Hartford Whalers. That's like up there. But Nordiques, number one, number one. Well, the Penguins, their I think their first Winter Classic game, that yeah. light blue, that was a. Oh really yeah, good I do like that. Light that was blue. good though. And I hate the Penguins, but that jersey was Obviously. nice. Hold on, I gotta ask the important question now. What is the most ugly logo or jersey you've ever seen? I ask wow. this because I have uh, one. In mind. The Bumblebee jerseys are pretty bad for the Steelers. I got. I will. I, will top, I guarantee so, I can top anything you throw at me. Let's not go. Let's not go throwback. Let's go regular season. Regular time jersey. Oh, regular time. Probably Cowboys or Colts. There's nothing to them. They're pretty plain. They're I don't right. think they're bad, yeah. though. But that's bad to me. Like, there's nothing to it. You got to have something to your jersey, and there's nothing. It's just – What it, did the Diamondbacks used to have, like, a brown jersey that was kind of ugly? Uh, or was it – it, it was either them or the, um, the hockey team in Arizona. The guy oh, the Coyotes. They have a good one. They're, now they do, but they're old. Yeah, yeah you're right. The Coyotes, the Coyotes did. Yeah, the yeah, Coyotes like did have. Hold on. Weird... I gotta, I gotta go back because there's a reason I'm asking it. Worst of all time has got to be the New York Islanders. There, have have you either of you seen? As the... a Rangers fan, you would say. Hold that. on. Which have one? Either which of one? Have you, you seen the what? fisherman logo jersey? Please bring it up. Let me see what you want to talk about. This is disgusting. That's, oh, that's kind of cool looking. I kind, that's, that's kind of cool. cool. I like that. I dig that. I dig that. This is, I mean, I'm sorry. This is, it looks it's better than the other one. one. Doesn't look I, great on a jersey. It's terrible. I like that. Uh, that's a lot better. This is just it's not awful. Awful. It's not horrible. Oh, that's so the gross. The Bumblebee Steelers are pretty bad. Those I would say the, the Seahawks, old Browns jerseys. The Seahawks neon stupid. They're Seahawks just, neon green is pretty brutal. They look like a highlighter. Oh, I got a good one. I got a good one. Hold on. The old the Padres. The the old St. Louis Cardinals are pretty bad. Those baby blue ones. Oh. Oh, those are terrible. This may be look one like, of the worst jerseys. Of makes all me think time. of baby powder. Guys, this, this is. is a Sports show. We're not a fan. It is sports. We're talking about this is sports. This is sports. This is good stuff. Oh, uh, <laughs> can't forget about these. This is a jam-packed episode. Oh, oh my Ew. God. What? Oh, yellow might be, yeah. This is my favorite. Hold on. Whoever made that, I cannot thank you enough. Because okay. that, that is the, all right, That That yeah, is going the, into the Hall the of Fame. Rockies with the Rocky Mountains on it. Yeah. That's that's pretty ugly. You know, I liked those the Todd Helton jerseys. I don't know. It looks pretty bad. Like I don't know what when Todd through. Helton was around and all those guys. Technology stuff. That's why we have Jake. Oh, these are what you're. I think I know. What you're, I got you. Hold on. I think I found what you're talking about. 
Yeah, so just like Kraut, all there with a big ball. I don't mind it. That's oh, hard. those are pretty bad. Oh, Larry Walker. That's that is Larry hard. Walker. Oh, those this are rough. Whoa. That looks it's, like a minor league. That looks like a single way minor league jersey. Here's, here's the logo itself. The logo itself wouldn't be bad, maybe on a hat. But there's nothing to it. Like it's pretty bland. It would have looked bad. I agree. It looks like a minor league. Minor league. uh, Anything going on in hockey? One big thing. uh, The trade deadline. Trade deadline, and I can't go every trade, but I got to talk about. There's just one that I was. I don't like it because you know we've we've talked about how much we hate Brad Marchand, right? We all talk about, oh, he's got such a punchable face. I hate face. Boston Bruin. Uh, well, speaking of uh, Boston Bruins, uh, Boston Bruins traded for none other than Taylor Hall, and I was not happy because he has sucked with an with a capital S in Buffalo. He has been putrid. But granted, all of Buffalo has been – Putrid. But hasn't season. he been a dumpster fire wherever he's gone, basically, in the NHL? Have you guys he ever, really hasn't. No. Have you, ever, have you guys ever been to Buffalo? No. Okay. Buffalo I wouldn't visit like that. I, I would never go to Buffalo. Well, listen, if you've ever been to Niagara Falls, fly to Buffalo, and you can, you know, they go to Toronto from there, you know, to fly internationally, you can drive. Oh. Uh, it's not that far. Toronto's got the Hockey Hall of Fame, so Jake may want to go. Yeah, yeah. True. True, but Toronto does have the Blue Jays, so that's that's bad. Well, actually, uh, right now the Blue Jays are in Buffalo, I believe. Oh, that's worse. Are they not? I believe they are. That's worse. I thought. Who knows? I mean, nothing good in Buffalo. The, the poor, the poor country of Canada is not doing very good right now with this whole there's COVID. Nothing, there's nothing good in Buffalo, so I wouldn't want to visit. Wings. I'm not a wings guy. You don't like wings. No, not a big – unless it's oh. boneless. I like boneless. Oh, so John. Like so you like chicken nuggets. Is that what you're saying? Hold on. I, I'm muting him because I don't want to hear this. John, that was a crime to say you only like boneless wings. I don't care that we're a sports show. That is offensive. I do not like wings. I just don't. I accept boneless, which I'll go to, I'll go to Buffalo Wild Wings. I'll order a kid's meal. So that way it's cheaper, and then they'll give me the kids' meal, and I'll get the same amount of food. Oh All right, guys, God. that's it for this week's episode of Sideline Sports because I can't hear this anymore. <laughs> we know who's not sponsoring the show next week. Um, John. They get boneless? my money regardless. Boneless? And you get a Boneless, kid's meal? man. Try it. Try it. I've and tried what? them. They're offensive. Uh, they're it's fantastic. A, it's a glorified chicken nugget. And if I want chicken nuggets, I love I'll chicken go to Chick Fil A. I love chicken nuggets. I don't like I don't like Chick Fil A nuggets. Stop it. What? Whoa! Oh, whoa, whoa! Whoa! Mute him. I, Get him out of here. Throw him out of here. Too. I can't even argue with it. I have to agree with John. That's a mutable offense. Get out of here. That's All a right, mutable that's offense. You don't like JB's You night. don't like Chick Fil A chicken Chick Fil A is one of the greatest treasures in my entire life. Everything about Chick Fil A. The people. The people. First of all. The people are so nice. There's there's nothing mean that they have ever said in their entire okay. lives. Hold They're on. They're like perfect. I got to ask. That's as close to perfect as it this gets. This is the employer. most important question. And if either of you answer this wrong, I'm going to lose my mind. Where can you get the best fries? There's only uh, one answer. 
Uh, Chick-fil-A, easily. Waffle fries. Mm. All day, every day. JB, early fries would be Arby's, regular fries at McDonald's. Look, I That's bought the only right curly answer. fries and you I, didn't eat them all. So I you can't love, take curly fries when you didn't eat all your fries when you came over to my house. John, you left them there and you didn't finish them. So you can't say they're number <laughs> one. They would be number one if you finished them. But you can't just leave the number <laughs> one. We were, no. that was the night, that you can't was leave the Aaron Rodgers on the bench and say he's the best. Can't You just uh, can't do that. John, you're wrong for saying the waffle fries from Chick-fil-A because they're not regular fries. They don't count in my book. They're a different – What? They're, they're a special fry, just Whoa. like curly fries They're still are a fry. But they're different. No, no. They're not French fries. They're waffle fries. It's yeah, but difference. you said fry. didn't say fry. There's a difference. I said the best fries. But that's foodie. French fries. All right, so what's the best right, fry? Please where, give me your awful McDonald's. opinion. McDonald's. Oh. The, the best <laughs> the best pure French fry is McDonald's. Uh, I think he was asking about burgers, though. I can't believe I just entertained that. McDonald's. <laughs> My gosh. If I wanted to play in the sewer, I would go outside, open up the grate, and just dance in the sewer. Okay, Pennywise. You got it. <sighs> Oh my God. Man, if you're talking about the best I, any type I, of fry from fast food, I agree with you. I would agree with that. But if you're talking about just straight French fry, all right, I have to since get we're on this topic, who has the best chicken sandwich, JB? That's Chick Fil A. Thank. That's you. not even a question. Chick Fil A. I, well, I, right. I don't like I don't, pies. I, don't like like pies. I just don't like their nuggets. I, we all can agree, Chick Fil A has the best sandwich, and I think oh, without a doubt. That's oh, the spot course. to stop, though. I, I've had, all, it's a unanimous vote. That's where we stop. I've had Popeye's chicken sandwich, and it's not good. I've never even had it's it. It's not good. It's not no, good. We'll go to, listen, when we're out, we're going to Chili's, guys. I don't care what anybody Ooh. says. We're stopping. Oh, I God. feel God Three, in this Chili's tonight. Three for Ted. You cannot that. go wrong. Can't go wrong. Three for Ted. You can't. I love Chili's. I haven't been there forever, but I love Chili's. Uh, this show has devolved into madness, and <laughs> I am so happy I'm a food that it has. Man. If you're going to talk food, I love food. We love should just have we should have our own separate show, Sideline Sports Food Edition. There we go. There you go. It's and good. by the way, ladies and gentlemen, it is in the works as we speak now. By the way, I make the best darn steak you're ever going to find. I'm all right. Amazing. This is the last steak. question, that, John. Last question, and there's there is truly only one correct answer. How well do you done. like your snake? Well done. Oh, you're fired. I'm removing John. He just said, "Well done." You want to <laughs> eat a hockey puck? I will like buy it. you one. I will make your steak however you like it. I make a great steak however you like it. I will make it. I'll cook it up. But my steaks are amazing. However you like it, whether it's yeah, rare, whatever. No, 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 I'll we're make not, it. We're not, John, John, we're I'm not amazing at steaks. JB, how do you like your steaks, burgers, whatever? Well done, all steak, of it. Steak is rare to medium rare, oh. but got, got to be as rare as possible. Medium yeah. rare is the correct yeah. answer. John, rare you have pop. no room to speak. You want to eat straight uh, hockey pucks. I just don't like hockey pucks, blood in John. my food. John. A steak you're supposed to eat. John. Rare. Well, yeah, this, this is what you right. want to eat right here. 
the, this the bunch of people listening. The bunch of people listening. Leave your comments. Send us a message. I'm curious what you like. I'm going to get a lot of hate. I'm sure I will. The viewership. You hockey pucks. Steak steak, Here you go. Hockey puck. This is for you to eat, buddy. Because that's what a well-done steak or burger is like. I, All I, right. I, How do you guys feel about poutine? Have you ever eaten great. poutine? It's delicious. Oh. Take a walk with it. It's one of the it's best delicious. foods I've ever eaten. I was delicious. introduced in Rochester, New York to it. Delicious. Never heard of it. And I was in love. Fell in love. With delicious. It. It's delicious. one of the best Absolutely. foods I've ever eaten. All right. I think the show has to we have to call it quits sadly yep. because this okay. has gotten oh. we that, don't have that, time. Hey, what they'll get more of us next week. Our fans will get more of us next week. We have a lot of good stuff. We give them a lot of jam packed stuff. This this may have to be a whole new show just for the three of us talking <laughs> just food. Just straight food debates. I love food. I think that might have to be a thing we do. I wouldn't know it by my figure, but I absolutely love food. I, I, I think, think we might I have think to. We should do it. I think we might have to. So, all right. Look, let's just shout out where we can find each other and then call it a day because this is one of the weirdest but best, one of the best shows we've ever done. Yeah. John, start us off. You yeah, hot, you you hot maniac. Hot. <laughs> NBA carousel, NFL carousel, here on Sideline Sports. Uh, credentialed by the NFL, so you'll see me like, you know, whenever I – Baseball season in Chicago. JB, you ready for a game at Wrigley? I've never been to Wrigley, by the way. I've never to. got that. You've never been to Wrigley. I've only been to uh, the greatest ballpark in the MLB, and that is Camden Yards. I was just trying to pause him or mute him so he wouldn't say Camden Yards because that was offensive. It's the most beautiful ballpark no. in baseball. Yeah, have you uh, been there? Uh, JB has no. been there. Actually, yes, I have. Okay. There's Fenway. There's Dodger Stadium and there's Wrigley. Those are the three great stadiums of baseball right now. There used to be Yankee Stadium. I was going to say, Yankee Stadium used to be one of them. Now we have Petco East. But understand, those are the three best stadiums. The newer stadiums are pretty, but they're not the same. Yards is the start of the newer stadiums. It's gorgeous. That's that's like trying to say that the Rams' new stadium is as good or better than Lambeau. It's just not. Just because it's new and pretty doesn't make it the best. Lambo will forever be one of the best because of the, the history there. Exactly. John, I, I, invest a couple of hundred dollars, fly out to Chicago, go see a game, drive up to Boston on a Saturday, go see a game there, and you know, hopefully get out. Then you'll understand. The point. See, and then the you'll thing understand. is, I would never go to Boston, so I can't, I can't go and see Fenway Park. I just can't go to Boston. You, John, you have to. I can't to go find to- myself in Boston. I can't. What, what is the, the Boston mob coming after you, John? I Drive can't find Boston. myself in Toronto. I can't find myself in Boston. Can't do it. You he also to- eats hockey pucks. Anyway, the- you can find me at NBA Carousel, NFL Carousel, Blue Hawks 13 on Twitter. And uh, on the NBA Carousel, I cover the best team in the NBA, the Miami Heat. I cover the Baltimore Ravens on the NFL Carousel. And, uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. JB? JB underscore the program on Twitter. The program, which is in hiatus right now. Wrigley Field right now, the best stadium in America. Hopefully you get to go out there and see a couple of games this year. People in Chicago are pretty great. Um, you know, but Dodger Stadium is also pretty good in Boston. 
much as I hate them, I'd love to go see it. I would go there at any of those three stadiums before Yankee Stadium. Uh, but, you know, make sure you follow the program. NBA Carousel on Mondays, uh, hosted by Megan Price. Definitely watch that for all the, all the latest NBA news. Uh, you see Alex Fleming from uh, Orlando at the games covering it. Pretty exciting. Not many uh, yeah. shows have that going on. And, well, of course, the NFL Carousel us- in season. Um, you know, so make sure you're following all that. And, Jake, what about you? Find me on Twitter at Jake underscore Malik. And more importantly, you can find Sideline Sports wherever you find whatever social media you use. Instagram and Twitter, we're Sideline Sport One. YouTube, where all our videos always end up, which is Sideline Sports. Same thing as our Facebook group. You can always go to there. And of course, in the Facebook group, you can always come talk to us. Maybe, maybe we'll respond to you. Never know. Never know what's going on there. And more importantly, just gonna say it. Be on the lookout. We might do a food podcast. Who knows? Who knows? It seems like it seems like that's gonna have to be a thing do it whoever hagiat is wants us to do the food podcast i i think we might have to i i, I think we might th- this is my motivation now every day i'm gonna think hagiat wants me to do a food podcast i'm gonna have to do it but i think that's it for us guys uh if anybody's seen us devolve in the madness i'm sorry but at the same time thank you for watching because that was a lot of fun it was so we will see you guys yeah, next week real. everybody Have a good one. Eat your steaks. Well done. Don't do it. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric acid.